It's time to know your soul. Are you seeking the you within? Has people pleasing stressed you out? It's time to find your light so you can share your entrepreneurial gifts with the world. Well, Red Rover on over. But the only thing you're breaking through is yourself. This is Soul Amplified. Are you ready? Hello, and welcome to the Soul Amplified Podcast. I'm Vanessa Grace, your host. Welcome to the show, and I am so happy that you are here learning all sorts of different things and taking this opportunity to work on yourself, focus on yourself, and see how you can be the very best you. You guys know that one of the things I deeply believe in is learning about and setting boundaries. And that is why today I'm doing the first episode in a two-part series, Five Examples of Healthy Boundaries and Giving Codependency the Boot. So let's just get right into what these different boundaries are. And today we're going to go over five of them. And then next week, we're going to go over five more. The first boundary is appropriate trust. Now, what in the world does that even mean? And if you don't know what appropriate trust is, it can be really hard to suss out what rules you're supposed to follow to make that happen. So appropriate trust would include seeing that someone's words and actions match And so you know that you um, can trust that they're going to follow through on what they say. Oftentimes, a person can say they're going to do something and then not, in fact, do that. And so then their behavior isn't matching. And then that's an indicator that no matter how badly you want their words to be true, that you, in fact, cannot trust their word because they didn't prioritize those actions that they said they would do. So appropriate trust can also mean um, that you're not trusting everybody. Some people will trust everybody instantaneously, and that is um, going too far with your trust. Now, maybe you could assume that other people have goodness in their heart and don't intend you ill will, but that doesn't mean that you trust them with your heart or that you trust them with your private financial information or that you trust them um, with the details of your calendar and your life. Um, Another way that appropriate trust can be an issue is that trusting no one, assuming that everyone has an issue and everyone is out to get you and everyone is going to hurt you. That is swinging the pendulum too far in the other direction. And that is also an issue with trust. Granted, both of those, trusting everyone and trusting no one, both come from deep-seated wounding in usually early childhood or childhood experiences with trauma and bonding and attachment. Um, And it could in fact be very similar circumstances 
but um, can end up with different results. And so to truly heal trusting no one or trusting everyone, it really does require going back and processing those other, um, or, I mean, those older issues that you experienced with a trained person who understands what um, creates that and how to help someone heal it. The next um, example of healthy boundaries is revealing a little of yourself at a time. And that would mean that, okay, I'm going to give you this nugget about me, and then you're going to respond, and I'm going to determine that you have held my kernel of information about me uh, in esteem, you have respected it, you haven't made fun of me for it, you didn't blabbermouth it to other people, uh, maybe we had a little bit of fun with it that didn't trigger me in any way or make me feel negatively, you didn't shame me for it, you were essentially kind and you respected me and this piece of information. So now I know that I can give you maybe a similarly sized piece of information a piece of information that is similarly basic because it's the beginning of the relationship. And then as they can be trusted with um, those basic pieces of information about you, then you can begin to move to middle pieces of information. And then when those have a long history of being respected, being honored, not being made fun of, not being shamed, then you can move to deeper levels of things. Now, sometimes we feel very, very connected to a person, almost like we've known them in another life, or we've known them all our lives, or my soul recognizes this person. And so sometimes this process can be accelerated. But what normally happens is that you'll go very, very deep into one area, but then maybe other areas are left um, untouched other life areas like maybe you go very very deep into family history but um, leave your relationship history out of the conversation um, or other versions of that and so then what can happen when you go very quickly because you feel so connected to somebody is that those other issues that you didn't um, carefully bring someone through can rise up again later and cause an explosion in the relationship where you wonder, well, you trusted me over here with this area, say, about your family, but then you didn't trust me with equivalently sensitive information about relationships, and then the person can feel wounded. Um, now, it is your right to only share the information that you feel is appropriate, but when relationships get blasted forward, there's usually something that was left kind of uncovered or there's uh, things that you didn't learn about each other along the way that only time can allow you to learn. And so there's just um, issues with going really fast. Sometimes it works out in friendships and relationships when things move fastly. But um, because this is a podcast about codependency with how psychology and spirituality can support that, um, there's more of a likelihood that listeners will have a trauma history or an attachment issue or a bonding issue. And so it's more likely that you're drawn to someone because they represent um, 
trauma from childhood that feels similar. And even though that trauma was unhealthy, it feels familiar. And so you're drawn to it. And so it could kick up the dust again of the old patterns when that other person starts doing them. And that is why going slow in relationships, friendships, and romantic is positive. So you, you're revealing a little bit of yourself at a time to truly build that trust to ensure that you're not replicating old wounds. Okay, that was number two example of healthy boundaries. Number three is appropriate generosity, and that means going both ways. So appropriate generosity means that someone else isn't overgiving to you, and then you're like receiving it and saying, yeah, I'll take your super large loan, and that's totally fine, even though we haven't worked out the details of that in this loan amount of, I don't know, $300 is too much for the kind of relationship that we have, or it's too much for the amount of money that you have in your life, or it's too much responsibility for me to be able to pay that back to you and have that imbalance in our relationship. Appropriate generosity is also you not um, being taken advantage of with how much time you're giving somebody or how many, how many tasks you're doing for them. If you're running errands for them, if you're constantly giving up your social schedule to be with them and be where they need you to be, if you're always the one that has to go pick up the takeout food when you have your movie night together, I don't know, once a month or once a week, whatever it is, um, then why is it like that? Is there another balance where they're giving to you or is it always you're the one having to give to them? And then when it's their turn, some emergency happens or something more important occurs where they can't return the favor and have balance in the relationship. And I'm not saying that it's tit for tat, point for point, but there should usually be some sort of like, your role is this because this is what you're an expert in. Um, in our relationship. And so you tend to do that area, even in a friendship. But this other area, um, you know, maybe the other person is really good at directions. And so they're always the one that is pulling it up on the phone, being um, the co-pilot in the front seat. And so they're always the one that does that role because they're more comfortable with directions and being co-pilot. And so there should, you know, people's talents should be allowed to emerge and be respected without one person always having to carry all of the weight in the relationship. And so appropriate generosity of finances, of time, of emotional investment, um, all the different ways that a person can invest in the different relationships in their life, and even appropriateness of how much you have to sacrifice, because there is some sacrifice involved in relationship, not sacrifice of personal identity, but just, I'm going to meet you in the middle because I really care about you, um, and I want to see this work, and I understand your needs because you've shared them on a deep level, and you understand my needs because I've shared them on a deep level, and us meeting in the middle to make this relationship work um, means that right now I'm going to give a little bit, but next time or at another appropriate time, you're going to give a little bit so that I can get my needs met. Um, and it's not always one person sacrificing 
all the time. Okay, number four examples of healthy boundaries. Defining your own truth. And what this really means is that you know who you are and what you want. And sometimes this can be a really elusive thing to describe. What I really mean by this is you know your experiences. You know the history behind your experiences. You know what they meant to you. You know how they influenced you. You know what your values and beliefs and priorities are in life. And you know kind of like the top three to five that are non-negotiable to you. And then you know your top 10 and how they might get stacked in an order of importance that may change depending on circumstances. And um, you know those so well that you can make inner decisions Um, with those adjusting automatically inside of you. Now, some of the decisions may be made on the fly um, because it's a more simple decision or you just know your internal self so well, while others may take some time for you to process and think about. You may have to actually write them down. You may just have to stare into the void for a while as you just allow it to simmer. But knowing who you are and what you want helps you define what is your deeper truth. What is the thing that is driving you? And other people may have a similar experience, but that defines a different truth within them. And defining your truth also allows you be able to be able to speak that truth, even if someone else disagrees with it and is incapable of seeing it. So one of the first ways that you're going to know who you should have in your life and who you need to create distance with or boundaries around how frequently you interact with them is defining your truth and then knowing how other people are going to react to that truth and if you can tolerate that kind of reaction. And if that reaction, in fact, helps you feel like you're living in a blissful state. And so you shouldn't have to tolerate everyone around you kind of like just putting up with it because oh that's just how they are and it's my mom so I'm just going to deal with it or it's my uncle who's lived next door to me my entire life and has really cared about me so I'm just going to put up with it you should you shouldn't have very many people in your life um, who are regulars that you just kind of tolerate the people that are in your life should be people that are challenging you to be your best self that support you in the things that matter to you, that point out to you when you are being an absolute fuck up, shooting shooting your own self in your very own foot because they love you so much they don't want to see you fail, and who celebrate when you have wins, um, whatever that win is for you, because we all have our own definition of a win, right? And so defining your truth is a boundary because it helps you know so many things about what kind of life you want to lead and what kind of people you want to have in that life. I want everyone to have people in their life that are celebrating them and that make them feel good to be with those other people. Okay, Um, a fifth example of a healthy boundary is your loved ones are not mind readers. 
And what this really means is that when you have a need, you're able to express it to the people around you, the people who love you. Um, I have decided that I need to go to college. You know, I really need to be learning. I've decided that I want to have a career in this area. This is something that I need. Just because you're doing behaviors that are investigative around college or that you've been reading pamphlets or looking um, at a lot of knowledge doesn't mean that they know you want to do that. You could have this long history of looking at things and then not doing them. You have to actually tell people, you know what, this is what I want. Um, and it can be something big like um, getting additional education, starting education, changing careers, or it could be something more simple that your loved ones are not going to be mind readers about that you have to tell them, such as, you know, it really bugs me when you assume that I'm going to take the trash out every time and never offer to even gather some of it up or never offer to bring the cart out to the street. So chores are often an excellent example of that. Or, you know what, I would like you to sometimes offer to get dinner or make dinner. Or sometimes I would like you to offer to pay. I know that I make more money, but it's not like you're broke. You have money and savings as well. Why am I always the one who's paying for us? Because I'm feeling generous. Why can't you sometimes be generous? It feels like you don't care. And then you can get into the deeper message. And if you have something that you want to say to somebody about what you wish that they were doing, reference my episode on um, iMessages, which I think was about three episodes ago. And um, you can use that as a framework for how to say what you need when they're not doing something that you need. So this one about your loved ones are not mind readers is twofold. It's what do I want you to do that you're not doing, but it's also what are you not doing that I need you to do. And you are responsible for conveying those messages to your loved ones in both of those ways. And both of them can feel scary, but again, we return to number one, appropriate trust. If you're building trusting relationships, um, examples of um, building that trust include being able to tell your loved one what you need um, without assuming that they're going to be a mind reader and then going into that conversation in an appropriate respectful manner where both people get heard not that there's not going to be yelling or passion but that you can come back to the crux of the issue of, well, when you do this, it makes me feel like you don't care. Well, when you do this, it makes me feel like um, I don't matter and I'm not important to you. Oh, well, I don't want to make you feel like that because I care about you. And that's the kind of reaction that you want to get back from someone. Um, now, sometimes there's a little bit of humanness in the middle where they get defensive, but we all have a little bit of that sometimes. And sometimes people need space. And but even if that happens, you come back together later and say, you know what, this is what really happened inside of me. It reminded me of this other thing. Um, and I worked it out and realized that you were right and I should be there for you more frequently. And so I'm going to, you know, let's, let's talk about this now. Both of you have to be able to own up to your feelings to have that depth in a relationship or else the conversations are only going to go as deeply as the most immature person in the relationship. Immature in the sense of being self-aware.
So these are my five examples of healthy boundaries. And let me know what boundaries you heard about that were interesting to you and what did they bring up for you. Go ahead and DM me on Instagram. Let me know if there's more podcast topics that you want me to talk about, more Instagram posts that you want to see me be doing. I love hearing from you because it lets me know what is important in your hearts and minds. And I'm here to help you guys heal and become thriving humans who are experiencing like the best life ever, like your soul is on fire. Something exciting that is happening here at Soul Amplified is that I have opened up five coaching slots. I am accepting five new women to individual coaching with me. If you have been listening to this podcast for a while and keep being drawn to me and the information that I'm sharing about combining um, all of my knowledge of mental health, psychology, trauma recovery, and codependency, and my, my ability to combine that with spirituality, and you just keep thinking, God, I wish I could work with her. I wish I could understand myself. I wish she could like give me some insight on myself and teach me how I can grow past this. I wish that I had her individual support with this specific situation in my life. I'm ready to grow. I want to put the work in. I want I want to have someone walk next to me as I process this stuff in my life. If you have been thinking those exact things or things similar to that, reach out to me and we'll put something on the books to have a conversation about what it's like for you, you personally, to be working with me. And um, it could be a really, really exciting time. The great thing is that um, the first five people to sign up with me for that one-on-one coaching are going to get a bonus intuition hour with me. And it's going to be like we're going to do a little bit of tarot or a little bit of energy work and a little bit of psychology work. And we're going to come together with those two things and look at what kind of a broad spectrum map is needed for you to really go through this healing process so that you have the long view. So the one-on-one coaching is going to be the daily action steps, the weekly action steps, the things that you're doing regularly right now, and me standing with you as you process that. But this bonus hour where we work out this map using psychology and intuition is really going to be looking at it over the long span. And it's really, really exciting. I've never offered this specific skill set mixed together in an hour before, and so I'm really excited to see Um, how that works out for people and the growth that can happen because of this combination of skills. So reach out to me and let me know when you're ready to get started and we can have some beautiful conversations. I'm so excited to see your growth. Everybody, go be amazing. Thanks for tuning in, Soul Sister. Do you want to hear from me more? Sign up for my Transforming Your Codependency text messages straight to your phone every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for inspiration and education. To sign up, text PEACE to 877-338-0875. To spread this message far and wide, screenshot listening to this podcast and share it on social media. Be sure to tag me. I love hearing how you're growing. Get amplified.